This week, we're going to be talking about imposter syndrome. We know that a lot of people feel this in our field and in other fields. So if you feel this too, keep listening. Hi, I'm Melissa Joseph. I'm a certified speech-language pathologist. And I'm Haley McCute, and I'm a certified speech-language pathologist assistant. And we're the Pediatric Speech Pals. Hello, welcome Hi. back. Welcome. Um, thank you for clicking on today's episode. Um, so if you heard the little teaser at the beginning, we were talking about imposter syndrome. Um, if you don't know what imposter syndrome is, it is the persistent inability to believe that one's success is deserved or has been legitimately achieved as a result as a result of one's own efforts or skills. So basically, this means that in your own field or whatever you're doing, you don't feel that you are doing it adequately or that you actually know the information that you are presenting. Yeah, and you feel like you are an imposter. Yes. So um, I feel like. We're just going to have a very open conversation about this. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's very common at the beginning of your career, especially maybe your clinical fellowship year yeah. <laughs> yeah. or just graduate school mm-hmm. in general. Or, I mean, honestly, anytime you see a new client that you haven't seen in a while, yeah. haven't heard since grad school, you just aren't as comfortable working with it. Um, sometimes you'll get a question from a parent and you Feel thrown through a loop. Yeah, or you don't really know own. what you're saying is correct. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, things are changing our field all the time. So maybe like a yep. new therapy style is coming out or a new intervention type is yeah. coming out and you're, you know, just not really sure how to use it or you feel that maybe your old techniques aren't as valid. Yep. Or you don't deserve t- that you to get into grad school. Mm-hmm. You don't deserve all the success that you've had, things like that. And I feel like the first, the first thing that you know, just as, as a one-liner almost that I would say would be like, you don't have to be perfect at everything. No. And we're talking about this, but this doesn't mean that we don't have imposter syndrome, obviously. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. Uh, we we're, we, do, we don't know the answers. Do. We don't know, um, you know, obviously how to not have imposter syndrome, but that's why we want to just have an open talk about it and yeah. make it more of an normal topic and just it's okay to feel this way yeah it's okay to feel that way and you know I think everybody kind of struggles with it and one way to make sure that you sort of raise your self-confidence in this is just by I do think talking about it yeah yeah and I agree and I think also it happens a lot in our field because there this field is ever changing all the time there's new studies coming out all the time there are different types like I said previously different types of interventions coming out all the time Mm -hmm. you're always learning in this field which is a huge benefit but it can be hard sometimes to catch up yeah because sometimes you I have you know you see a kid and then a new therapist comes in and it's like hey you tried this out like have you tried this for instance I know there's sometimes maybe more seasoned or older SLPs might not use active screen time as much in therapy well, I use it a lot and I feel that I get the same results as another mm-hmm. person. I don't want to speak for Melissa, but, you know, certain things that maybe weren't used in the past are used now or, or just vice, different approaches, yeah, different or, ways you do things. Exactly. Or vice versa. You know, everything's different. Everyone says to do different things. So it's, And SLPs are typically known, I would say, I mean, maybe leave a comment below if you feel differently, <laughs> but I would feel, I feel that SLPs are typically very on top of their game, Mm -hmm. type A. I feel like I'm more of a type AB. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like we get a lot of those type A's. And when you are not 
living up to the level that you feel you are seen in these other SLPs on whether it be on social media or on, you know, just your coworkers yeah, in the clinic, in the clinic, um, just anywhere around you as an SLP. Sometimes it can kind of get to you and be like, well, I'm not doing that. Like, yeah. does that make me bad? Like, I don't plan out all my all my therapy sessions. Yes. Like, is that oh, bad? No, I like, I don't have worksheets. I don't have this. I don't have that. And it's like, I mean, I honestly, the end goal is just that you're making progress. Yes. And that you're changing and trying and yes. consistently working hard to follow up on the research, make sure everything's evidence-based, you mm-hmm. know, following ethical um, guidelines and just being a good SLP. Um, and I also think you shouldn't determine your worth, uh, your worth or your vol- like valid- validity. Val- validity within the field based on how fast progress is happening. I think too, if you have a kiddo and it's like, it's an early language kiddo and they pick up on it and snap, but then you have another kiddo you've been working with for years and you're, mm-hmm. You're making progress, but it's so little in comparison to maybe another kid, which you shouldn't compare kids by any means. But it's hard not to in your field of as a therapist. You, I might be same set of goals for just two kids and one is they're doing completely different progress. And that's totally fine and normal. And there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. And there's a lot of outside factors that you can't even control, like mm-hmm. how much their home program is. Yes. You know, how much oh, yeah, they're implementing exactly. home program. We, you know, we only see them a certain amount of time. And as much as you advocate for more time to see the kiddos, like twice a week, you know, three times a week, however much for an hour or two, you know, yeah. two hours. Yeah, yeah depending really on insurance. Speech, they might have different Yeah, there's different restrictions that you can't really. They're out of con- your control. Out of your control. Or you recommend a certain AAC device or you recommend a certain therapy tool or strategy or a certain thing that parents don't want to do or they don't believe mm-hmm. in or they cancel you or they, you know, quit you and things like yeah. that. And oh, yeah. It can get to you because obviously we're working for these kids and we're trying really hard. But then you see and you compare to other therapists and just yourself in general and what you want to be. And I think it can be really easy to... Yeah, get feel, down on yourself. Yeah. Especially so quick. like And I, feel like you don't deserve to be there. Yes. Like, what am I doing? I don't know enough stuff. And mm-hmm. I mean, I get it all the time, especially with not being an SLP. I'm just like, oh, man, I just, it's so hard. Even though in the field, we're all doing the same thing. I have all the same amount of resources as my colleague who is an SLP. You know, the differences are my schooling, which I can always get more of, which mm-hmm. I am getting more of. And um, but essentially, everything's on the Internet now. So if. And I think the important thing too is remember what you have achieved. Like you've gotten into grad school, which isn't easy if you're an SLP mm-hmm. right now. You've gotten into grad school, which isn't mm-hmm. easy. You have finished grad school. You've finished yeah. a clinical fellowship year or you're going through a f- clinical fellowship year. You have all this knowledge in your head that, you know, these parents who are asking you questions sometimes aren't even necessarily coming from a a, a place of like, questioning you they're just asking because they don't know and so your response you can be like you know that's a great question let me come back to you next week with an answer totally or you know i i'm gonna have to brush up on that that's a great like i don't think there's anything wrong with saying that i think it shows that you what you do say is valid because you have this knowledge and it also shows that you aren't just going to give them a bs answer yes which is important and i think the same from a colleague to colleague too if a colleague is asking you a question or if they ask me i would never take it as like oh they're questioning my inability to do this job it's maybe they don't know like maybe melissa like we me and melissa go back and forth all the time like earlier i was talking about how i feel like i have a strain in my voice and it's difficult for me and or something and i just am asking questions back and forth and i'm not 
but like voice therapy stuff yeah and i'm not doubting melissa that she doesn't know what she you know that she can't explain to me even when she gives me advice and i say okay great but then i give you know my advice like my two cents back it's just we're just trying to learn and grow and that's the beauty of this field is that we don't always know everything and Mm -hmm. maybe the person next to you knows more and just like melissa said if same with a parent you can answer as a colleague like hey i don't I don't know. Like she could have easily been like, I'm not sure. I don't really dive into that too much in my field. Or even with our guest, Matt, we were talking about, Oh, like R's and L's. Like he's like, I wouldn't, I couldn't tell you how to do that. If, but we are yeah. all the same, yeah. you know, like certain skill sets are there across all the boards. And so. SOP is so wide that you can't know everything. You cannot, you can't know everything. I mean, you, you have a base knowledge and, but that's very basic. And then you go into and specialize in what you want to do. And so like, yeah, like I remember learning about the medical field and those certain things he was saying, but certain things like that, you're like, man, God. treatment, you yeah. know, like, like ventilator. you wouldn't remember, you know, and that's okay. That's totally fine to not know that. And I th- think that happens in everything, in every field. And I yes. think there's show it, it shows strength and it shows vulnerability and it shows like reliability and respect Mm -hmm. if you are able to acknowledge that it's okay to not know everything and it's okay to feel like an imposter sometimes but just try and remember that you you made it this far Mm -hmm. you deserve it you're trying everything you can to continue to advocate for this kiddo Mm -hmm. and their family and make progress Mm -hmm. and you're going to be a clinician where you're if you feel like you're not making progress, you can go back and say, what's happening? How can I change this? How can I make this better? What can I do to see more progress? Who do I need to reach out to? What resources do I need to look at? There's lots of ways that you can kind Mm -hmm. of strengthen your knowledge, but just knowing that, I mean, you're always, I I don't know. It's, it's a imposter syndrome is a hard one to, to beat i have it all the time not all the time but i do have it and and even those slps you look up to probably have it oh i'm sure of it and even when talking to a parent too like i always sometimes preface if i give advice i say i I don't know what it's like to be a a mother or Mm -hmm. a parent i'm not a parent right now i hope to be but i don't know what it's like in your household you know and things like that just validating that Mm -hmm. it could be really difficult for them and whatever Mm -hmm. their situation is and because who knows if that parent is feeling like an imposter parent too. I mean, Absolutely. it comes into parenthood and just, and we give a lot of strategies. Yeah. So sometimes I'll be like, tell me like, if yeah, this is too work. many, if this isn't going to work for your household, is it, if this not, isn't going to work where you can implement this in your, in your house and your daily routine, tell me, say, Melissa, calm yeah. down. Yeah. Whoa, I don't know. Too many strategies. Yeah. These paperworks don't work for me. Mm-hmm. Like your sent home stuff because ultimately it comes full circle. Like I have not seen progress in the child and I'm thinking it's me. Like, what am I doing? I'm trying, you know, all these things in clinic. It's not really clicking. Mm -hmm. Just all those thoughts all the time. And you're just sitting there spinning and you're spinning your wheels. And just it's an open, like Melissa said, this is just being open conversation between everyone, parents Mm -hmm. to clinician, clinician to parents. Like, oh, I'm, this is a new intervention. I don't feel good enough to be a parent to try and teach these strategies. Yeah. It's like, then ask your SLP, you know, like mm-hmm. we have resources, we'll help you. Mm-hmm. And it's totally okay to feel oh, that yeah. way. Like you don't have to know everything. No, and we, don't, we don't expect you to know everything. I, mean, we, I think we've said it a whole bunch of times, but yeah. both a parent too. I don't expect everything to know from a parent, from a parenting standpoint either. Yeah. Like there's millions of books, but 
there's nothing compares to actually doing it in real time. And even from the grad school point of view, clinical fellowship point of view, um, you're still learning. Mm -hmm. And remember that you're still learning. People, People know you're still learning. And it's okay to screw up. It's okay to do something wrong. And again, maybe we're repeating mm-hmm. ourselves, but just to hound it, hound it in your brain mm-hmm. because, you know, it's always good to hound it yes. in your brain. Yes. Like, well, we just don't want you to feel alone. That, you know, you made it to grad school. And mm-hmm. even if you didn't get into grad school, you still went through the undergraduate mm-hmm. degree. Like you still have some basic knowledge sure. and, you know, you're working towards it. Yes. And you know what? You showed up to work. That's just as good. You mm-hmm. showed up. You're putting yourself forward to help these kids, help these families and parents. You showed up to session. You got your kid there. You woke up. You got your kid ready and fed and, you know, dressed, may it be. And you got to session. That is so good in itself. Mm-hmm. I know that that can be a, getting to work. And I mean, with gas being so expensive, getting to work is hard. <laughs> so be proud that you, you know, you paid for gas yep. and you got to work. You I, deserve to be a mom. You deserve to be an SLP. You yeah. deserve to be a clinical fellow. Yep. You deserve to be a slope everything that you and have worked for. Don't let anyone tell you any different. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all trying to help each other and benefit the kiddo, no matter what. Just yep. know that that's and what you're doing is enough. And sometimes, sometimes the kiddo just needs to play. You know, we don't need to do this. Sometimes I'm just like, you know what? This kid receives so much therapy. They are therapy eight hours a day. Mm-hmm. They got so much. They have school or just at their school all day long and it's after school and they come and I'm just like, you know what? You're, you need to play. You're done. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'll do a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. like I just won't drill so much with them or we really got to get this work done. I might do a facilitated game, but, and that's okay too. I think that there's nothing wrong with those sessions as well. Like mm-hmm. maybe a parent might be angry, like you didn't do any work, but you know what? We need breaks. I need a break. Sometimes I've been working so many weeks. I'm like, it's time for a vacation. Well, and also, I mean, I, in that specific case that you're talking about, I had a kiddo who came in and he was always doing after school activities. He was three, always doing after school activities, always, 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 always busy. This was before COVID. And I just literally played with him. And I was the only one who didn't see any behaviors. I saw a language growth and promote like generalization, Mm -hmm. everything. And I literally, the only thing I did with him was played cars on the ground. And I didn't like push any, anything. He just started talking to me. He just started playing with me, no behaviors. And it was just like, he just was so busy. He just needed a little, somebody to play with. And And that's part of, I mean, that's our therapy. We grew his language. I have had plenty of parents and I have done therapy and I have conducted, like done everything. It wasn't like a, all right, we're just going to take a chill day or like, you know, we'll just have fun together. Parents are like, did you do any work? And you're like, this was all work. Like all of this that you saw was work. This is what my job is. And that's hard to explain too. I mean, Because it's easier if you're doing like, okay, we're going to say these words over and over again Mm -hmm. or any of that stuff. It's easier to see. But, you know, if you're playing cars, we're literally playing cars and there's a strategy to playing with the cars. I'm doing things which we've gone over in other episodes, but to an outsider, it might be hard to see. So and they might question it and you might feel like, oh, well, I don't really know how to put into words. You're like, oh, no, I I promise you this is how, you know, we promote the language. This and just is, communicate strategies you're kind of doing at the time. Yeah, They can do this at home as well to yeah. kind of help with that. And I mean, I, I when I first started working, that was definitely tough for me. I didn't like – it also takes work to 
to be able to explain what you do to other people. I think it takes practice because when I first started and parents questioned me with that, I didn't really know how to put it into words of like, okay, well, actually when I'm saying vroom, vroom or whoa, these mm-hmm. are exclamatory phrases that are great for early language I'm learners. Yeah. yeah, I'm modeling it for them and just all the different things like we're taking turns or we're working on functional repeating. play, yeah, mm-hmm. repeating. Like there's a lot of things, but I didn't really know how to say that when I first started. I had to learn how to work that or, you know, I would ask another therapist being like, hey, What's the correct verbiage to explain to a parent? And we're also working with so many different people and so many different ways that people like to collaborate. So like even if you know one way or works with one per- person or family, it's not going to work with the next family. True. And so you're constantly learning how to adjust and how to work with these different people. And um, yeah, you just remember you have that knowledge, you have that background and you deserve to be there. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, you so, do. You worked we just, hard for it. Yeah, we just felt like we wanted to cover it because I think it is important. I think it happens a lot, and I think we all feel it. And, and I think I would have liked to have heard this. You know, like I think I would have liked to have heard this maybe in grad school or clinical fellowship, or even maybe now just hearing that. You know, I don't know yes. when SLPs kind of gather together and root for other SLPs, I think that's important. Well, yeah. Like we had a speech meeting the other week and literally it was, we spent the majority of it being talking about, okay, I have a tough kid. I don't know what to do. Does anyone have any advice? Mm-hmm. And people, you know, give their advice and they say, try it. It didn't work. Try it. You know, oh, okay, I'll try that this, this week. I think that that's exactly what this field is about. Yeah, all your brains working together. Yeah. You're just like, I'm lost. I don't know what to do. That does not make me a bad therapist. I think it makes you a better therapist for asking and wanting to learn more. And and it means that next time you have a kiddo similar, you'll be able to know how to treat him. Or maybe you'll be like, okay, this didn't work for my kid, but the one kid that you're having trouble with, this might work. Mm-hmm. You know, And there's tons of online Facebook groups and Reddit oh, yeah. pages and things of these SLPs asking these questions, you know, because... Mm-hmm. Not everybody knows everything. And that's one way that we can work together and communicate over social media, making sure that it's a valuable resource. Yeah. Ask away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Questions are good. It makes us better therapists. It makes me a better therapist. It makes Melissa a better therapist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We help each other. Mm-hmm. Yes. So if you are feeling, just to end it off, if you are feeling imposter syndrome, remember you're not alone. You're not alone. <laughs> and not everybody's perfect. Not everybody is knowing what they're doing either. They're just making it. Fake it till you make it. <laughs> Don't fake it, but you know what Use I mean. the evidence. Yeah, use the real evidence, but you get what we're saying. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Hopefully it kind of made you feel a little bit better if you were feeling a little lost or in a different space than you usually are. And we will catch you next week. If you are ever curious about where we got our research or want to learn more, refer to our YouTube description box where we will leave links to the resources we used. We'd like to thank our producer, David Martinez. If you want more speech tips, don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, like us on our Facebook page, follow us on our Instagram and TikTok at Pediatric Speech Pals. Lastly, if you have any questions or concerns, email us at pediatricspeechpals at gmail.com.